Lord. Marketing, entrepreneurship, and all things small business. You're listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Now, here's your host, Justin Miller. We are back. Talking about something we never talk about, formal education. (laughs) Are we talking like prim and proper college here? We are talking college. So I recently enrolled in Harvard Business School online. And I'm in the middle of a course right now. Is there a, wait, hold on. Is there a punchline coming or is this No, no, this is legit. Like, really? There's an application process, which I think is fake, but we wouldn't have to go through it. (laughs) I don't think anyone reads it. I'm going to be honest. Um, Do you want to talk about the course first or why I did it first? I want to know why you did it. Because I seem to have caught you off guard. Well, yeah. I mean, I know you have, you have a master's degree, don't you? Yeah, I have an MBA already. Yeah. And you have successfully run businesses for well over a decade. Yeah. What made you feel that you needed, or I guess maybe I'm more interested in what skill set you think you're going to acquire that you didn't have that suddenly is something you need so bad? Well, okay. So the way I came across it and ended up in it was, I'll call it LinkedIn envy. Okay. Sure. (laughs) All right. No, I get that. Fair enough. So someone that's in my network that I know really casually, I saw that they had you know, Harvard Business as as listed on their most recent education. I think it's just your most recent that mm-hmm. shows. So right now, mine's Western Illinois University, which doesn't sound very impressive. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, this, this guy went to Harvard? So I scrolled down and I saw um, that he had a certificate program. So it wasn't like an MBA or anything from Harvard. It was an online certificate program in entrepreneurship essentials, I think is what it's called. I'm like, hmm. All right, let me research this program. I'm like, all right, I think that this program has enough value that's worth enrolling just for the credential. So, okay. So I'm a marketer. Yeah. And I think it's a, I think it's a resume stacker. Okay. And, that, and that's a fair answer. And I thought that might be it. Well, actually, let me, let me rephrase. It's not a resume stacker because I'm not looking for a job. It's a bio stacker. Mm-hmm. Credibility. Yeah. So a little bit of instant credibility. I mean, Harvard's the ultimate brand. There's there's no question That's about true. that. That's true. Yeah, I agree. And <laughs> more so those that don't run businesses than those that do, you know, think there's a lot of prestige and someone that comes out of it is an absolute genius and could run a business instantly and do well. Yeah. Which I think is a fallacy of, of any you know, college grad that it's correlated, but maybe not as strongly as you might think. Yeah. Um, so even like the MBA courses I took. So I had already been running companies since the age of 14. And I enrolled in a business admin master's program right after college. Yeah. So I just went straight into it. Did you ever have a just like a paper route, a traditional kind of kid business? Or did you always go right into like something no one else was doing? Uh, well, I did tasseled corn when I was like 12 or 14 because it's all you could legally do at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, no. <laughs> and, it, and that's terribly hard work. And that, I mean, I've never done Yeah, most it. people quit before. Did that, that make you decide over. that you wanted to, to like run your own business and not have to work that hard? Like labor, well, I, like labor wise. I already liked the concept of making money. That's why I did it. Um, and that was the only way to make money. And everyone talked about it being great money. I begged to differ after doing it. Yeah. But, but it was all that was available. Um, 
So no, I wouldn't say it produced like a hatred for working for others or anything like that. So no, I already had like the desire and the urge and the entrepreneurial type of vibe. Obviously, wouldn't call it that at that age. Yeah. But I was always kind of scheming. I'll call myself scheming. A, little, a little manipulative, sure. maybe. Yeah. Always looking for an opportunity or yeah, an angle. Probably a pain in the ass as a uh -huh. child, frankly. Yeah. But, um, you know, no, I always had things going on. I'd do door-to-door -door stuff. Yeah, you know, we'd sell door to door. See, the funny thing for me is I never did any of that stuff. As a, all I ever wanted to do was work in radio. It wasn't until I got into radio, lost the first radio job or two that I decided, well, I should have a DJ business on the side. And then I became, I didn't really get any entrepreneurial like thoughts or experience or, you know, whatever until I was in my mid twenties or almost 30. I kind of now wish I had done that when I was 14 and I'd have been the guy like selling lemonade that was yeah, watered we, down. And Yeah, we know. sold, uh, you know, back of the magazine stuff. There were little ads that you could sign up for. I was in a greeting card thing for a while. We'd go door to door selling greeting were. cards. Of course you were. I owned a button and magnet maker for a while <laughs> and we could uh -huh. build those. Yeah. Um, I hired, well, hired. <laughs> I had my first sales rep per se at the age of like, you know, 13. Um, uh, buddy Nick, that, that's still around the area here. Um, interesting thing. So Nick has cerebral palsy and we found out really quickly and he found this out too, that, that people would buy more from him. Mm -hmm. oh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, we were joking about it behind the scenes. We were real sure. friends, but yeah. yeah, people would buy more. So he was the lead sales rep. Sure. Yeah. That's kind of in the background, pulling the strings and we, yeah, we, we sold anything we could to make money. I had, I had other schemes too. So we had like a pinball machine at some point growing up. My parents bought, I've, figured out how to make that thing take like pennies or something. And we had tickets we'd give out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My Come by and play the pinball. Yeah. All hours of the day. Yeah, That's perfect. Probably made like 20 cents, you know? Um, so no, I, I, I always had that. Um, and now you're a Harvard boy. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, so no, I, I enrolled as kind of a bio filler. Um, just some, one more thing to add authority and credibility, right? Uh, at the point we're recording this, at the point you hear it, the course will be done. But at the point we're recording this, I'm about halfway through it. Um, the first week, <laughs> there's a lot of people in the course. There's like 300 people in the course. And a lot of them have zero business experience. Like zero. And I suppose that's okay. It's entrepreneurship essentials, right? It's like, I would assume, an entry-level course to entrepreneurship. So week one... It, there, there was no revelations there. I have nothing to share with you. <laughs> so you, you will have you learned expect, all those based already. on the syllabus. Did you expect that that it was going to take a while for you picked up some nugget? I'm not sure. I read the syllabus. Of course not. Um, I read the time commitment. How many hours I could expect <laughs> to, yeah. to put in, and it, it is taking some time. And each week is taking more and more time, which is more and more annoying. Uh, but it's also getting deeper now, and there, there might actually be some valuable lessons. The one thing I was curious about learning, so there was one topic that that interested me, and it had to do with um, raising capital and venture financing and things mm -hmm. like that. So I have no exposure to that in any of my other education or businesses to this point either. Um, not sure actually it'll be relevant to anything I do, but one of my jobs since I consult with other businesses that frankly are much larger than mine is to keep my eyes and ears open and, and be exposed and knowledgeable in a lot of areas. So I, I figured that that would help. And it is interesting seeing, uh, I, I will say the the case examples are at scale. So they're much larger companies than I'm dealing with. Uh, same problems. So like the lesson at the end of the day is the same and, mm -hmm. and I can pretty much nail the answer to everything just from my experience. But seeing them scaled up and people that are playing a different game, you know, like the, the last case we had, the company raised $175 million in venture capital. 
I have no frame of reference for that. Yeah, that's kind of significant. Like I don't I I don't know where that would get spent. <laughs> but yeah. It would not serve a purpose in this business whatsoever. We could not turn that into more money. Correct. Or enough more to make it worthwhile. Yeah. So there is some value from that standpoint. Um but for the most part the core concepts, you know, if you've been running a business 10 or 20 years, you have um, it's, it's more exposing people to a way of thinking that they've never thought. I was kind of curious. I, I'd be curious if my wife went through the course to get an exposure to how an entrepreneur actually thinks from a business standpoint, because yeah. we don't talk about the business at home. See, that's different because my wife probably doesn't want to hear her and I talk about business probably more than I think she would like to. And often, <laughs> well, and often, I, unfortunately, I think what I share with her often is my frustrations and or the failures. We don't celebrate the successes as much, maybe because I, I tend to be the kind of person who will, when her and I have that time in front of the TV or whatever, it is more so about what crap happened to you today. We make our kids tell us, hey, what good thing happened today? You know? Yeah. But we, we kind of are that that dump zone for each other. If something good happens, we text each other during the day and I'll be like, Hey, I went to the doctor and he says, I'm super healthy. Okay, great. Love you. Let's have some cheesecake tonight. But if, <laughs> but if we're complaining about our day, it's at, you know, watching Grey's Anatomy on Thursday night. And so, I mean, my wife, I, I, even though her family has owned a dance studio forever and she was a part owner, she knew nothing about business. It was more like, I'm going to teach dance. Even I, being married to me for 10 years, I don't think she would really know a damn thing about business. Yeah, nor nor probably care. I, no, I, not at all. I don't think entrepreneurs are made, by the way. I think you can teach people the skills, but I think like there's something driving you to be different and, and be an entrepreneur and, and take that path. Because it's a pain in the ass, quite frankly. It is. And, and there's no guarantee of success. Nope. I mean, I have proven that many times with many failures in business <laughs> and and then other successes. But and that's funny because if if they are born and not made, it makes me wonder why it didn't really come out or manifest itself in my life. Like when I was 17, I never, ever all I wanted to do was be on the radio. I didn't want to be DJ and dances at the local high school. I, but when I, by the time I was in college and was paying my own bills, suddenly I was like, wait a minute, I'm good at this. I can translate this to another form of DJing and I can make more money than I could ever make working weekends at Subway and started doing it and then realized, wait a minute, I should own a business. Well, I mean, there's like two basic motivations, right? You're running towards something or away from something. So I, I think there is both, but I think, I think your level of drive is coming from something else. So the very successful people I've met there is something driving them other than just making more money. Yeah, I agree. Like, and, and, and to a great extent in some a, of them. I think you're I think you're right. And I think many, many for many, many years early in my career, I focused on making more money and having success. Well, like even radio, it was like ratings. It was being number one or if it was this or that or getting ratings bonuses from my employer. I mean, again, I'm not that old. I'm in my early fifties. I, as I, as I work in my businesses now, I think more about significance and about legacy than I do about dollars. Yeah, totally. And that shifted maybe when our six-year-old, almost six-year-old was born. I'm like, all right. The not. definition of a win changes after your core needs. Are Absolutely. Met. Yeah, you're right. And my core needs are met a lot quicker now than they were 15 years ago financially. And 
I, I think you're totally right. And I think it, it's natural as you get older, but I think there are a lot of 25 year old entrepreneurs who make lots of money who probably are looking at legacy and significance. It just took me longer because there were many failures along the way and a lot of successes and they averaged out to the point where I, w- I could survive. I look back often and think, would I have done this all over again? Or should I have just gotten a sales job or gotten done something else? And I could have made steadily more money over the years. And maybe I would own a bigger home or have more safer retirement. But I've also had a really, really good ride with the with the jobs I've done and the work I've done and the businesses I've owned. Um, and I think you're right. The, the entrepreneur, the person who has it in their in their DNA, I'm okay with the failures. Yep. Other people may not be. But the successes, to me, at least outweigh the failures enough that later, I mean, do I ever think "Mm, maybe I should have done something differently? Of course I do. But at the end of the day, um, I'm like, you know what? I I think it's part of who I am. I would rather, I don't think, I I know I could never work for somebody else now, (laughs) you know? All right, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to share the number one focus for success or failure, uh, (laughs) according to this Harvard business course, um, and and what an outside investor in the business is looking for. What's the number one thing they would use as a predictor? And now, now, back to the Profit 911 podcast with your host, Justin Miller. We're back and we are talking about formal education, my venture into Harvard Business School Online. Are you going to start wearing like a Harvard shirt, a Harvard pin? Funny enough, I've already looked at the store to see what they have have for Harvard Business School Online. I I thought that would be a good thing to wear to my next mastermind group. Sure. People will find that funny, actually. So... I'm not mocking the program by any means, by the way. It does provide value. I mean, you've already readily admitted that it's a, that you're doing it because you feel it will make you look better. It will give you credibility, more, yeah. more credibility. That's a reason. But, but isn't that part of what makes Harvard what it is? I mean, there's a status Absolutely. there. You're, you have an MBA from Western Illinois. That's solid. You've learned many things there. But there, you're right. There is something, whether it's Stanford Business School. Well, and we used a Harvard Business School case in, yep. in several of the courses at yep. Western. Yeah. Yeah, so their Harvard Business School is famous for their case method of learning. I mean, outside of Wharton, I mean, Harvard is. I mean, when you talk of business schools or business stuff, I well, mean, you got you got several of them. But well, but you're right. Yeah, everyone Harvard, knows Harvard has its own ring to it. And out of the 300 participants in the course, they pin them all on a map. It's all over the world. I'm sure it is. Yeah, all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So is this a situation where it's a it's a certificate program? 
because I've looked at those at like Ambrose or other places. It's you complete the course, you get a certificate saying that you completed it. There's no college credit. You're not like suddenly going to on the fast track to a degree from Harvard. You are correct. It's pass fail certificate. You either get the certificate or you don't. Okay. Um, and probably I'm pushing the line of getting the certificate based on how quickly I answer the questions. But mm. yeah. yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I answered the application just as quick and it went through. So it would be really annoying if it if I don't have the certificate at the end, because it did cost a fair amount of money. I was going to say, you don't need to reveal that, but it's not, oh, yeah, that's not yeah, cheap. The, the course was about 1500 bucks for okay. a single course. Yeah. I mean, that's pricey. all online. No live instruction. Yeah. That's, I mean, did you have to, you didn't have to buy a book for it. You can, it, no, or did it's you? All online. It's no, all online. No so, I mean, $1,500 though, there's a lot of things that you can do with $1,500, but yeah. do you feel that you'll get at least that oh, yeah. out of it? Yeah. There you go. And the $1,500 isn't the commitment. It's the, 40 plus hours of work yeah how long is the actual program last is it it's four weeks four weeks and it's probably my best guesstimate is 40 hours of work wow so you're you know i mean we break it down that way you're like 38 dollars an hour to learn <laughs> i mean that's not terrible well, i mean you could stall around in the course and oh that's true too yeah oh oh hey we promised <laughs> before i forget we actually promised some content the number one focus of outside investors looking in the business can you take a guess of what the predictor for them would be on success or failure if they're evaluating a business opportunity whether or not to invest in it um i would say maybe some people are going to say the 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 uh business plan some would say the past successes or failures of of the people involved some would say the idea, very idea of the business, any one of those even remotely close? Well, you're correct. So different people and, and they all come into play. Yeah. Um, the one that keeps coming up over and over and over is people. They're, they're looking at the leaders. It's kind of hard to run a business without good people and, and have a good leader. You're right. If you have a terrible, if you have a great idea, but a terrible person at the top, kind of hard. Well, and it's not just at the, well, it is at the top at that point, but they're looking at the whole core team. Mm -hmm. So this was quite interesting because it's going into a fair amount of depth about recruiting people in, into a startup. Okay. Um, and getting people that, you know, weren't in the startup world, you know, maybe were super high up. You know, some of the case examples, you know, they're pulling VPs out of Walmart and stuff and bringing them into a startup. Yeah. Which also to me probably wouldn't have crossed my mind. Um, but they're talking about kind of what makes people tick and, and who would, you know, do well in a startup and, uh, who will hang out to run the company or there's people that just enjoy the startup and then they're going to leave. They're almost like professional startup people who just go from startup to startup, who m make a career of just what's the next startup I'm going to go work for, whether, whether it's because a startup fails or because it succeeds and then they move on to something else. Yeah. Well, I mean this, I think this also caught my ear because this year, one of my major focuses is really on the people. So my staff, my contractors, the people and the processes around it. So the marketing is what we do, right? And our core deliverable, it's still custom bespoke work, but it's narrow and focused enough that we understand that inside and out. So mm -hmm. the growth in my business right now is coming from hiring the right people for the right spots, yeah. which is not... Not the focus for every entrepreneur. Actually, I think it probably gets neglected quite a bit. Um, we focus more on the opportunity itself, the mechanics of fulfilling the service, and warm bodies in some cases to fill spots. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you and I were having a conversation uh, off recording, you know, about hiring salespeople. 
um, and the right fit for that and who may or may not be the right fit and skill set. You know, it's, it, I don't think we were talking about technical skill necessarily at a certain point. No, you're right. It, it, a lot of times it comes down to people and, and not only just the right people, but the right people in the right positions. You can have the, a, a great person who has many skills, but if they're in the wrong fit or the wrong position, they off. It's very quick sometimes that they will prove themselves to be in the wrong position. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't listen to a word you said there. Okay. <laughs> uh, wrong fit, wrong position. Uh, yeah, you can find those pretty quick. They weed themselves out and, and they screw up the whole machine while they're going through it. I mean, the whole business can reel see, from a bad hire. And see, you're much more aware of that or, or locked in that than I am um, because you, have, I think, have done it more. And, and Yes, I've made more wrong hires. You're correct. Well, I mean, but I've, no, you're, I, no, you're I, right. I've made plenty. And it's, it's funny how after you make one, you're like, I, this is so obvious. Why, how did I not see this before? But a lot of times you don't know until the person proves that they are the wrong. Well, and that's, that's part of being the right leader, right? So that's, that's one area to focus and grow in. Um, and once you figure out how the wrong person got through the door, you shut that door. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get better. Yeah. So it's it's the same thing in, in growing the business. You figure out what does and doesn't work and you don't repeat the mistakes again. Um, and if you are to go to a parallel business or start another business, you come in with that core knowledge and you avoid what yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Um, going back to the formal education a little bit. Uh, so I guess the ultimate question then is if someone is evaluating for themselves, should I go back to school? You know, should I go to a, a graduate degree program? Should I, you know, is this certificate program or something like that of value to me? You know, how do we evaluate that? Um, I have a couple thoughts on it. Number one, and this is from going directly into a master's program out of college, you know, which was quite a while ago at this point. But um, I can tell you that the vast majority of students that did the same thing I did went straight from a bachelor's degree into a master's program did not learn as much as I did in the program because they had no frame of reference. Yeah, that makes sense. So the lessons in a lot of the higher level courses are between the lines. They're overlaying your experience and your unique failures and, and work experience over the lessons of the course. And I think that's what causes real learning. I also, by the way, think the online learning platform um, from a retention and learning standpoint is awful. Because it's easily just you're easily distracted or it's you don't have that one on one touch or communication. Why do you think? Yeah, that? You, you've lost the entire dynamic of communication with peers. Yeah, we, we have a Facebook group. Woo! Yeah. Uh, that's not real time communication. I mean, it is, but it's not not two-way. So you've lost all that conversation outside of class. Mm -hmm. You've lost the real ability to interact with a professor if you need, you know, a, a technical answer or want to get more in depth on something. You've lost the ability to steer the lesson plan. True. It, it's structured. You have to follow the steps. Yep. So the learning process in this case is split between reading watching short videos, responding to questions, and writing more in-depth responses, reflections. And then there's, you know, you can see everyone else's answers too, and they want you to communicate in there, which is 
you know, complete BS. If people are commenting for the sake of commenting, oh, that's a good idea. I never thought of it that way before. That's not a real conversation. No, you're fulfilling a requirement that doesn't. Uh, yeah. So I, I have my concerns about uh, online education. And but yet you're still doing it. They're not enough to offset like thinking not to do it. Or would you, are you at the point now where you're like, I don't think I'd do this again. I don't know. Until Harvard comes up something well, else. Well, no, I already have a certificate now. So if I were to take another course from it, I would have to be going totally for the content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, and, this and, man has two certificates from Harvard Business School Online. Doesn't matter. No, unless you're right. Unless it is a very specific topic that that maybe is something that your business. But I mean, are there enough very specific entrepreneurial Courses or certificate no, no, courses. I, I that, heard there's a good one on negotiation. They have a few. Uh, I mean, it's a huge revenue producer for them. Hundreds well, of millions talking, of dollars. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're talking what? There's like 300 and some or more people. Yeah. And yeah. at $1,500, that is yeah. uh, like... But even not like Harvard. Even if we're talking like just any, anywhere else. So Al, my current project manager, I think is, is going through an online MBA. I'm not sure who it's through. But, but same thing. You know, if someone was... You know, the double whammy of going straight into a graduate program online, you know, I think that's awful. Then they don't have the experience and they don't have the discussion. Mm-hmm. And no, I do see that. There is, my wife is working on a second master's degree right now in education to be like a, a technology specialist and she's doing them online. And it is there, although they're teachers and that you're right, they have a Facebook group and she has found a couple of them that she does communicate with on a regular basis. But well, that's it's impressive. All, it's I, a lot harder to do that when you're not like seeing them in the classroom and yeah. then, and then let's, let's walk to our car and talk and give me your number. Yep. I am uh, not going to come out of the class with friends. Yeah, but that wasn't your goal. No, but if I was sitting in a classroom, I would come out with friends that's that true. would be a value to me. And, and friends, I might mean a business no, acquaintance. No, you're right. That's true. I, I, I do think that. But you don't Yeah, have, I, I can look them all up on LinkedIn. We yeah, got but you, you don't have that profile. expectation, though, either. Or are you just saying that that's no, just, but I'm one, saying that's just that a would disadvantage? Be a, yeah, it'd be a lost value. Sure. Yeah. Right? I, I think there's a lot of value to that. I agree. Um, and I guess they have like an annual event for people that went through the online courses. 800,000 people campus. at that event. So, That'd be great. So I, I might actually you might go. go. I might go. That might cost you another fifteen hundred dollars just to go out there. Well, yeah, it's not cheap out there. It probably cost more than that. But um, the but cor- that might that might be something that would be worth the time and the effort to yeah, do. Yeah, you put a day or two sure. in a room. Yeah. I might actually come out with a few connections. Mm-hmm. I agree. Of people that are trying hard. Now, whether or not you should kind of depends where you're at. So we're going to have mainly entrepreneurs and business owners listening. So two reasons you would. Number one the credential matters on your bio. Mm-hmm. So you have an end client that is going to care about that. Sure. We got value. Okay. Um, number two, there's a topic that's already of interest to you that you legitimately want to learn about. Sure. Whether it helps you down the road in business or not. Right. Well, okay. then it's a money thing, right? Sure. Yeah, either it's worth it to you or it's not. But I could the see there are courses that I think if I had unlimited amount of free time, I might... I yeah. might take some stuff. It, it might not benefit me bottom line, but yeah. It is it going to heavily impact your business is another question. Mm-hmm. So are you going to take the course planning on it, massively growing your business? Wrong objective. I think though, <laughs> isn't you, that what most people would initially think about? Sure. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. I think that's the wrong objective though. Will it open your eyes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not exposed to something, it'll open your eyes. Is it going to impact your bottom line immediately? No. 
It's it's that buildup of fundamental knowledge. You're going to learn some things. At some point, they're going to come in handy uh, if you can retain the information, which, again, we had a discussion about retaining the information via this learning mechanism. Um, and it's nothing against the technology itself. I think like the platform it's on is great, but it's just a limitation. I, I mean, you can only do so much. Uh, so the decision's up to you. Uh, this is an interesting program by itself. Maybe you're interested in the same program. And maybe if I you know, would have invited three or other four people that I know to go through the same course, we could have real discussions about the content. Well, there's an interesting thought. You're right. Finding people that you can kind of team up with who take it together. That's true. Um, but education for the sake of education, not a huge fan of. Been an entrepreneur my whole life. The reason, I'll be honest, the reason I went into the MBA program, the school paid for it. I was a grad assistant. Mm. Like, yeah, that'll look good. Okay. And I was running my business already. It wasn't going to impact anything. Sure. You know, the, the time commitment was next to nothing. Well, it was time, but in the grand scheme of things, I was able to do it. Um, any questions before we wrap up? No, I mean, I think that's a, a, a very reasonable explanation of why you did it and how it benefits you and and how someone should look at whether or not they would do something like that because I think their first reaction is, oh, well, will it boost my bottom line yeah. immediately? And I, I, I agree with you that it there has to be more to it than that. Yeah, run your business for a while, like being multiple years, get that experience under your belt. If you have the time and money, something like this may be a benefit uh, to fill in some foundational knowledge that you know, will benefit you in the future. Um, other than that, no. <laughs> Do we have to change the open and the close of the show to say something about you being Harvard educated? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That'll be the LinkedIn. You'll see, you'll know no. when I finish the course. Cause That's right. It'll go on LinkedIn and they're very specific about how you can list that on there, by the way, but you can. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up, uh, tune in next week. Another topic, more growth for your business and some more tactics. And we won't be down on education next week. <laughs> see you soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave your comments. For more information on how Profit 911 Consulting can help grow your service business, visit Profit911.biz.